You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Auburn is not a place, it is a people. The loveliest village on the plains is more than a college sports venue, more than a university filled with historic buildings, more than a quaint little southern town. Its worth lies within its people, those that call Auburn home, whether that be for a single day at a time or for a lifetime. Much like our legendary Toomer's Oak Trees, our stories are the product of a firm foundation laid in the beginning of our Auburn story. These are the stories of the Auburn family. These are their roots. War Eagle Auburn family, and welcome back to Auburn Roots. This is our journey of exploring and sharing the stories of your fellow Auburn family members. Here we are at episode 16, and I continue to be amazed by the stories and the experiences I get to share through the eyes of our fellow Auburn family members here. And this is an occasion where someone I've gotten to know over the past couple of years that I'm very excited to talk to and hear about Auburn through his eyes and his stories. And I think we're going to have a great time talking about that here tonight. But let me preface this by saying a little bit of a thank you to this individual. Uh, His name is Greg Duckworth, and he has become a Patreon member of uh, the E2C Network family here. More specifically, it's called the E2C Network Booster Club. You've probably heard ads for it in some of our podcast episodes where you can sign up for as little as $1 a month to help support the content we have here and get some perks for yourself. One of those perks, which we're fulfilling here, is you get featured on Auburn Roots. And you don't have to necessarily be featured, but you can have someone that you pick to be featured, but we love to hear from you. And thankfully, Greg has graciously decided, I don't know why, because he's... He surely has got better things to do than talk to me tonight. But Greg is here to share his Auburn roots. And Greg, thank you so much for joining me. Kyle, it is my pleasure. Uh, I've been looking forward to this ever since you and I talked. And uh, I look forward to it, man. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear some of the stories that you have uh, to share uh, about your Auburn experiences, whether that be through sports, uh, visiting the campus, uh, things of that nature. Uh, but uh, this is one that I've looked forward to as well. And as I said, we are very grateful for your support of this network. And it's time that we got to know you better as a supporter. So how about this? Why don't you open up with this type of, just imagine you're sitting down on a, at a couch here at a therapy session. Explain to me, it is a brief of a thing that you can, your story outside of Auburn. Where are you from? You know, where did you grow up? Anything that pops in your head, if somebody needs to know who Greg Duckworth is, give me that right sure. now. Absolutely. So as you said, my name is Greg Duckworth. Um, I live in Gardendale, Alabama, which is just about 15 minutes north of Birmingham, right up I-65, uh, born and raised in Alabama. Uh, attended elementary school, high school here locally. I did move to the Panhandle um, in 1989, late 89, early 90, to the Panhandle of Florida. Uh, resided in Panama City, Florida for about 11 years, which is where I met my wife, or my future wife at that time. And we were married in 92. Uh, and then in the year 2000, uh, moved back to Birmingham from Panama City. And during that entire Um, time span of of my life. Um, Auburn was obviously still a big part of my life through all of that. Um, So married, uh, have two sons, one about to turn 30, uh, one in his mid-20s, 25. Uh, Both of those obviously have moved out. Uh, One of those just recently got married this year, Uh, probably a bigger Auburn fan than I am. Uh, so yeah, we, my wife and I both work in the home healthcare industry. Uh, both our entire careers have been in the medical industry. Uh, she's a respiratory therapist and 
I'm in operations at the company I work for here in Birmingham, which is a home medical equipment company. And so that's kind of our life. Um, but married since 1992 and hopefully we have moved for our last time and uh, Birmingham's just a, you know, it, it's a great place. Obviously it's home to me, uh, centralized to all of the other major metro cities. And then obviously Auburn's just a little over a two hour drive from here. So uh, that fits in well. You are not in a bad spot, my friend, in terms of where you're living. Now, can we convince you to make one more move to Auburn? Would that be a doable That would situation? not be a difficult decision. <laughs> I didn't all. think it would be. <laughs> that would not be a difficult decision. I wish that were possible. I don't think there's too many Auburn couples or families out there that would fight too hard about moving to Auburn, Alabama. Um, there might be a few out there that just like, I like to visit and it's my home for a day, but then I like to just kind of get away and go back to my, to the other part of my life. You know, I, I can understand that perspective, but there's just something about that concept of being able to move back to something that you love so much that I, I think resonates so, with so many people. So I'm not surprised it wouldn't be too hard to convince you to do that. Well, I actually replied to one of E2C's posts about where you're watching the Auburn football game from this weekend. And my response was simply that I am in Gardendale, but I'm sitting in dirt and hair in spirit. Trust me. We're always there, whether we're physically there or not. And that's what is the great thing about being part of the Auburn family. So I love that you have experience in a couple of different parts of the Southeast, because the reason I kind of asked the question at the beginning of, tell me a little bit about yourself outside of Auburn, because I'd love to hear, before we get into your specific story, your perspectives of the Auburn and mainly the Auburn-Alabama dynamic when you're in Alabama, yeah. but even in throughout the Southeast, just what's the what's it feel like to be an Auburn fan in Gardendale, first of all? Why don't we start there? Birmingham, it's right outside of Birmingham, so right. I'm sure there's a somewhat not a there's not a 50 50 split i'm sure but there's at least probably some type of dynamic there what's it like from your perspective there is and i would say obviously the majority are uh, fans of that other school that shall the, not be uh, named here exactly <laughs> so it is probably 70 30 here in birmingham and then so kyle we it's interesting we have um in, in our work professional setting we have branch locations throughout the state of alabama <clears throat> And it, it's amazing, always has been, obviously you leave Birmingham and you get into the Montgomery area, uh, down into the Dothan and you fall and then over into the Mobile. Um, you, you can pretty much tell from the locations you're in, um, kind of the, I, I guess the ratio of the Auburn, Alabama fans. But here it's probably, it's probably closer to 70-30 here. Um, but you know what, that's, that's been a lot of fun here too out of the last three years. Of course, you know, it makes it a little bit sweeter when you're stuck somewhere where there's, you're not the majority and then you get to celebrate even, right. you know, the more because they, they still got their flags up, but you get to just wave yours a little bit higher and a little bit more proudly, at least for that 365 days a year, which we thankfully are sitting in right now. Um, so I'm sure that makes it a little bit easier for you. So no troubles with Alabama fans in Gardendale or has it been pretty everybody getting along? No, it is actually, it is actually pretty laid back when it comes to that. I mean, there's, you know, there's those occasions to where you have the crazies just being the crazies. Um, but here actually <laughs> here in our neighborhood, uh, knowing several of our neighbors and, you know, you see, especially during COVID-19 when fans are not attending the ball games, it's just, it's great to ride through the neighborhood and you see the projectors up on the garage doors and huge gatherings out in the driveway and, uh, you know, horns blowing and it, it's, it's pretty wild on Saturdays, but at the end of the day, um, you close Saturday night out and up Sunday morning and it's, it's still pretty tame. Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear that you're not having too many run-ins up there, but we know that as soon as that game gets a little bit closer, things will get a little bit more interesting there for you as well. Last thing I do want to touch on, being spending a little bit of time down in Panama City, it's known as the Redneck Riviera, and it's probably yep. the, the central location for the in terms of beach uh, things that people think of for the southeast. So you got to think when you go down there, you're going to be seeing a couple of things, obviously – us good old Southern people down there, but you're going to be see flags and tents with different, you know, Auburn, Alabama, other SEC schools. It seems like LSU seems a lot of a presence down there, out there on the beach. What, from your perspective and time down there in Panama City, what is Auburn's presence like down there for the short time you were there? 
the the time span that I was there, Kyle, um, there there was I mean there were several that I got to know while I lived in Panama City, uh, but obviously right there that that close to Tallahassee, uh, several of my closest friends there were uh, Florida State fans, and I had always you know being born and raised here, you know from the time you're able to walk, you're growing up in the Iron Bowl rivalry, and you know what that's like. And when I, I recall first, when I first moved to Panama City, I was interested in seeing how that Florida, Florida state rivalry occurred. And I can tell you year one, and I expressed this to every one of them down there, it's, it's a rivalry and you, you can feel that. But as we all know, it does not touch the Iron Bowl rivalry. It, it, it doesn't touch the, you know, the, the heart of the true college football fan and what it means to the fans. Uh, such as the Iron Bowl up here. And I, and I think I've always said probably, uh, I don't know that another robbery in this nation matches that. But mm-hmm. I saw a lot of that. And then you have to keep in mind also, um, I was down there at a time when Auburn and Florida State met in the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and I, I will never forget that night. And I'm sure most, if not all of our listeners who were old enough to remember that game is the night that, Deion Sanders got away with the pass interference call and <laughs> we lost the ball game. And um, so, yeah, that, there was a lot going on there. And then I also lived there during the time, which was pretty cool of, you know, Bobby Bowden was at Florida state. I will never forget the day I heard of Terry Bowden's hire. Um, and it was, it was kind of funny because you've seen a lot of the Florida state fans kind of adopt Auburn. Um, to to follow them at least just because of it being Bobby's little boy, right? Uh, so that was a cool time uh, to live down there and and you know and experience that. So, but yeah, yeah they, you know, I, I there was probably a few of them that were ready to have me admitted once they were around me during an Iron Bowl or really any Auburn game <laughs> as far as that goes. So it, it's different. It's a little different, but um, definitely enjoy the times down there and and seeing that, but you're right on the LSU, um, in Mobile. They're yeah. obviously not, not far away. Uh, we have a couple of locations down there and there are a ton of LSU fans down there that you have that interaction with. And that, that's a, that's a little different mixture of fans there to deal with. See, that's not something we've had here yet on the Auburn uh, roots episodes uh, previously is someone with a good, at least insight into the Auburn, Florida state, rivalry and we it's hard to call it a rivalry because we've only met them once in the last couple of decades you know that being the national championship game and I know folks it stings me saying it too uh but uh, you know that's uh, interesting to hear that you got to see the whole Bobby Bowden and then uh uh, Terry Bowden coming to Auburn and I've always wondered what did that feel like for someone who maybe lived in the area to know that your coach's son is going to somewhere else at the time was probably a bigger rival than it is now uh, you know, that's just kind of a, I would imagine it's some weird feelings for the Florida State fans and maybe a little bit weird for the Auburn fans too, because there's a lot of ties with the Bowden family, even previous to that, between Auburn and the Southeast and Birmingham, all that stuff. So there's a lot of interconnectivity with the Bowdens and Auburn, it seems like. There is. Um, so that was, so Coach Dye uh, resigned at the end of what, the 92 year? Mm-hmm. Uh, right after the Alabama game, Terry Bowden came in 93. So, and you also have to remember that with Terry Bowden coming in in 1993, throughout that decade of the 80s, Auburn and Florida State had two or three just absolute, um, I mean, gang wars of, of football games. I recall one of those, a 49-48 football game, I think the final score was. And then a second one was was a, like a three-point ball game. So, that, that rivalry had began to grow, and it, it's a shame that that went away. And I get, you know, conference, the way that all of the, the, the conference realignments took place, it, it just couldn't occur anymore after that 92 season. But the, uh, that, that rivalry had, had the potential to be something really special. Um, yeah. So, and, and I've always, you know, probably, I, I've never minded Florida State. When, when Coach Bowden was there, I actually enjoyed watching Florida State. Um, so me and those guys really didn't have any issue down there, but obviously within the SEC and you had the Gators, uh, during that time. And then, um, but it was fun with Terry Bowden and coach Spurrier, 1993 and 1994, those two games, 
um, back to back when we were able to knock those guys off and they were at the top of the top of the world during those times. So those were some fun days though. I, I will never forget those. You definitely got a unique perspective that I don't think there are many Auburn fans uh, can say that they have watching uh, your Auburn Tigers uh, from the state of Florida during a time when Florida was at its highest point probably in the modern era. So that's a really neat perspective. Well, how about this though? Let's go a little bit deeper into you and your Auburn story. Tell me where does Auburn come into the picture for the life of Greg Duckworth? Is it at birth? Is it some other time later down? Where does Auburn and Greg interconnect? So Kyle, knowing that I was coming on the show, I, I did kind of think about that because I am probably different than um, most, if not all guests that you've had on this show is that I did not attend Auburn uh, as far as the university for, for school. Um, as a matter of fact, when I graduated high school, uh, the, my, my father had passed away when I was nine years old. My mom was raising five boys on her own. Um, so I was one of those ones that, you know, I'm probably in one of those old timers. I'm, I'm telling on myself now, but <laughs> I literally, when I got out of high school, I, I did, I had to go to work and I actually, I went to work with the company that I work with today in 1987, um, straight out of high school. So with that and thinking, I, I, I did not, um, get the opportunity to, uh, to attend Auburn. So I think back to when I was probably six or seven years old, my oldest brother, um, which passed away in 2013, was just a, he was just a huge Auburn football fan. And I thought about this today and thinking about the show tonight. I recall Kyle probably, again, six or seven years old, which put him at 16 to 17 years old. He was right at 10 years older than I am. I remember as a small boy being out in the backyard with big brother, right? Mm -hmm. And following my big brother around and most of our extended family, uh, we're all Alabama fans. And I don't know if Gary, which was my oldest brother's name, I don't know if that's why he chose to be an Auburn fan was because just everybody else was for Alabama. I don't know what happened along that line, but I remember him being 16 to 17, me six or seven years old and being out in the backyard. And I don't know if you remember, this may sound kind of strange or whatever, but this is the story. You remember in your high school days, homecoming, homecoming games, when they would throw out the little rubber footballs, right? Maybe five or six inches long. I recall for whatever reason, being in our backyard as a six or seven year old following him around and him just bouncing that football off of a tree. And he was doing radio play by play of Auburn football games. And that's what I remember from my childhood with my oldest brother, believe it or not. And everything I knew about Auburn, he, he instilled that in me um, every Saturday, because you have to know, you know, remember, we did not have televised games back then like we have today. You were lucky to have two a year, if that. Um, so a lot of Auburn football games, I remember sitting with him, whether it be in the bedroom or even outside in the yard, um, him throwing the football up in the air and catching it and listening to the radio broadcast of Auburn football. And ever since that day, I mean, that that's what I would attribute my fandom to. Um, would just being that that part being instilled in me from him at that young age and then growing up that that's all I knew when it came to sports and literally after he married and moved off then I mean I recall doing the same thing at 13 14 15 years old being out in the backyard with the radio and at that point is when Bo Jackson kind of came on the you know came in the picture and listening to Jim Fife on the radio call those Auburn football games and I would not take a million dollars for those days um, to where today compared, obviously, every every football game, you have the opportunity to, to see that on TV. But it, it was quite different back then. And then in, in growing up during those times, Kyle, I just it never occurred to me. As a matter of fact, it almost seemed impossible to me that it would even be possible for me to attend an Auburn football game. It was just that big to me in my mind. Um, and I actually attended my first football game in 1988 uh, at Jordan-Hare Stadium. That was uh, the season opener. I will never forget it. It was raining. And season opener 1988, 
when we opened with Kentucky and uh, we beat Kentucky 20 to 10 that day. And uh, that was my first of many, many visits to Jordan Hare. But yeah, as funny or strange as that seems, just growing up, that never even seemed like a real possibility that I could, I could sit in an Auburn football game, right? <laughs> right. I'm thankful that you actually got a win for your first game. You know, there's a football game. That's the thing about it, a football. It's oblong. You never know how the ball is, is going to bounce. And that's, that's, kind right. of, that's kind of the personality of the actual game itself. Uh, you may think that your team is far better and superior than the others, but you just don't know what happens until you line them up and go out there and kick the ball off. Uh, so I'm happy that you started out in a win there. But uh, one thing that sticks out to me from what you were just talking about is the story of your brother. Yep. It seems like everybody I talked to, and it's not the case for everybody. I, I've actually talked to, I think, my wife, Jessica, where her story was she just went to on a college campus visit and just felt this feeling this is where I'm supposed to be. So it wasn't necessarily a family thing in sure. terms of her her most immediate family, but oftentimes there's a family member that we think back to that pointed us in the direction, got us interested, or did something that made us investigate why Auburn. And so I think that's very special that you and your brother have that to go back on. And uh, I'd be interested to know um, in these little uh, playbacks of the radio calls and stuff, were they pretty accurate to how they, how they went down or <laughs> how was actually, the actual gameplay? <laughs> no, actually to, to, to be honest with you, I, from what I remember of it at that time, um, but again, it was Jim Fife doing it. And that, that is nothing against, Andy, Andy Burcham or the late Rod Brand, but think the world of those guys, they do a phenomenal job. So please don't take this, but there will never be another Jim Fife to me. Um, so Jim Fife could paint a picture. Um, in my belief, he could paint a picture to where it was almost as if you were sitting there on the 50 yard line, watching the football game. And then just his love for Auburn uh, just spilling through the airwaves made it even that much more special. So Yes, I, um, I, I, I enjoyed those. And still today, um, many, many times I will, I will turn the TV volume down and, and listen to the radio broadcast, get the timing right of the different satellite signals. And, but I do that just to kind of hang on to, to, to some of that because I, you know, I, I miss a lot of those days. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of things that we miss about some of those that we've lost within the Auburn family. Jim Fife is certainly one of those. And as you said, it doesn't take anything away from, uh, Rod or Andy now, but right. the fact that the legacy that they get to build off of is such a great one. And I'm sure it's an intimidating factor for them, but at the same time, sure. it's something that, wow, I get to follow in the footsteps of Jim Fife. Wow. I get to follow in the footsteps of Rod Bramblett. And that's gotta be such a cool feeling right there. What made Jim so special to you? Cause that's a, you know, like you said, there's not a lot of games on TV it's hard to really get a picture for what's going on when there actually is no picture for many of these games. What made Jim five so special as a broadcaster? So uh, two, uh, two things really the, and even today, uh, Andy Burcham, Rod Bramblett did this, you know, I think what 10 minutes before kickoff, they'd been through the tiger uh, tailgate show, the pregame, but 10 minutes before, kick off and it comes on and it's the game broadcast. And then Jim Fife always had this, just, he, he set the stage of the game. And, and I, I loved hearing that segment before kickoff ever occurred. But the greatest thing was obviously his tagline of touchdown Auburn and how that came about. Um, you know, Jim Fife in, in his book, I remember reading, and I and I heard him say this in a couple of different interviews that, you know, in in some ball game, I don't know when it was, but he just, without it being planned, when Auburn scored, that's when he yelled touchdown Auburn the way only Jim Five can do that, and he he brought up that it was brought to his attention how that just really got under the skin of Alabama fans, and that's why he continued to do it. Um, during his broadcast. So I guess that, and, and again, just in me growing up, Jim Fife, and I don't, re I don't remember how many years he called Auburn football games, but it was a long time. Mm -hmm. And that's just all I ever knew. Yeah. And, um, but he, again, he, um, I remember the day getting the word that morning, early or mid morning that morning of his passing and a very sad day for the Auburn family. But, um, 
there will never be another one like him and just his his niche for calling not only um, the football games but basketball games you know and Auburn on a on a fast break and someone dunks on the other end and it's always you know hello Blakely Georgia or wherever the kid <laughs> may have been from and it's just you know I, I'll never forget those memories as a child yeah there are the these people that seem to be hold a special place in, in your life in terms of your Auburn family life uh, for me personally Jim uh, and Pat Dye and Bo were, were these legends I grew up learning about and I was alive for some of it but, you know, really yeah. where it solidified was for me was when, you know, Tommy Tuberville, uh, Cadillac Williams, uh, and then uh, Broad Bramblett, you know, kind of they were the sure. ones that solidified my time. So it sounds like for you, Jim Fife, Bo Jackson, Pat Dye, at least that, that area of time frame of Auburn football is what really solidified it for you. And that's quite a special one to look back on at your time. And you've got some pretty great memories, I'm sure, from that. It was, no doubt. So let's talk a little bit more about maybe you mentioned that you are not the traditional story. You didn't go to Auburn. Uh, is there any reason why, or is it just, it just didn't work? It wasn't in the cards for you. And do you feel like you missed out on anything because of that? I, I do. Um, I, I, I think I've missed out on uh, a lot of not being able to do that. But on the flip side, um, I will also say we, we have been truly blessed um, I, I literally grew up since I graduated high school in the company that I am uh, still employed, me and my wife both employed by the same company. And um, it, it's been kind of a family away from family um, is it, truly the atmosphere that we even feel like we have at work. Um, so we've been blessed in that aspect. But did I miss anything? Yes. Um, my wife, as I said, I, we were married in my time that I lived in Panama City. She was born and raised in Panama City, had never been out of the panhandle of Florida in her life. Um, and she attended a um, community college down near Gainesville. So she was a, she was a huge Gator fan. And um, that didn't take long for her to kind of swap over to the good side. Pick the, pick she, the uh, correct orange and yes, blue, right? That, that's right. That's right. Um, but yes, I, I often think back about what I did miss, especially, you know, going even today, you go down for game day and you're tailgating or just walking the campus. And I would, I mean, there, there's, I would literally probably give my right arm to be able to say um, that I, I graduated from, from Auburn University. But um, again, I, I'm not going to complain too much because we have been blessed and, um, you know, I, I believe that things work out according to a plan and, um, so, but looking back, yes, I, there's several times, um, during, especially when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, did I think about that a lot? Absolutely. Yes, I did. Uh, but unfortunately it just didn't work out that way. Let me put it to you this way. You, you know, that phrase, you don't want to know how the sausage is made type of yep. thing. So yep. I'm not saying that's the case here in any stretch of the imagination. Cause I loved my time at Auburn at school, sure. uh, and, and every day before and since then. Uh, but, you know, you almost have that unique perspective that you still almost have the the mysticism about it because you weren't uh, in the the studies here. You weren't involved in some of the things that probably weren't so fun at Auburn during the time that you've kind yeah. of, you've maintained a cushion. And in some ways, I think that's maybe beneficial because it still creates this kind of like magical perspective to you about Auburn. Uh, now, I, I can appreciate that you may have not had some of those experiences that you kind of wish that you may have. But if I may kind of sweeten the deal for you, so to speak, I, I do almost not envy you, but just kind of, I would be interested to see it from your eyes as someone who has not actually gone to school there. So I think that that's a very unique perspective that you have. And um, let me, let me ask you this though, maybe a little bit more like personal. Do you feel any less connected to the Auburn family without going to school there? Uh, never. Absolutely not. The, um, no, it, it is a, again, it's, it's, it's not a cliche, it's true, um, but that family atmosphere, um, I, I mean, I, I feel like I get it uh, as far as, as, as that atmosphere that's down there. And yes, it, it, it is magical still to this day um, for especially, you know, my, my younger son, uh, which is just a true avid Auburn uh, sports guy. 
recall him as a small child going down and carrying him to his first football game down there. And, and, and those times that, and I hear stories of true Auburn people who, you know, husband, wife, and children, all of them graduated from Auburn and going back home. But to be honest with you, Kyle, it's, it really feels the same way to us. If that even makes sense to anybody out there, even though we didn't attend, it feels like home. Yeah. when we get down there and it's just a uh, it's just a very special place to all of us and you should feel that way and i want to reiterate that right here but i also think that our listeners will reiterate that the same way that you know it just because you don't have a degree from auburn doesn't make you any less part of this family and i think that's the incredible thing about this community is that we rally around each other uh, in good yeah. times and bad times, and it doesn't matter that you have a slip of paper and I don't. You wear the orange and blue, or more literally, you bleed the orange and blue, and that is what makes you an Auburn family member. So I think that's a – it makes me happy to hear someone who maybe feels like they might have missed out on something but feels still so connected to this thing that we call the Auburn family. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, E2C network.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Let's talk about some sports stuff in general here. You mentioned your first game was in 1988, uh, Kentucky versus Auburn, and they got the win. I have that correct, right? That's correct. What are some of those big games for football and any, uh, any other sports that you can think of that you have experienced in person or even, you know, not in person? That what's sure. The ones that come to mind for you that when someone tell, wants me to talk about why I love Auburn, this is what I think too. Yep. So there are uh, obviously several of those, but the ones that come to mind first is um, obviously that first one, the Auburn-Kentucky game, just because simply it was the first one. Um, I always think about, to me, uh, again, I was not at the kick six game. My son was, but I was not there personally. But to me, out of all the football games that I've ever attended at Auburn, the loudest that I have ever heard the stadium is I was literally standing on the, the, the walkway there in the corner of the north end zone. And this is when Tim Tebow was a sophomore, I believe, freshman or sophomore. But when Auburn blocked the punt, Trey Smith recovered it and scored. It literally sounded like a bomb went off in that place. <laughs> and I had heard stories of people filling that walkway. It felt like it was shaking. And I, I mean, I did, I experienced it that, that night, that, that place, that's the only way I know to describe it. It sounded like a bomb went off in that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the loudest. I will never forget that game. Um, as far as a game, not attending, I was in Panama city living in 1994. I will never forget this game. Um, 1994 against LSU. Um, that was the game to where Auburn intercepted. It was either three or four passes and returned all of them for touchdowns. Um, and when we when we sold the home we lived in, true story, when we sold the home we lived in, 
uh, I literally had to take the ceiling fan down. We were getting ready to move out not long after that because on the last one, uh, I went up and I, my head went through the ceiling. Fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, true story. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of memorable, but I guess, and this is going to sound really crazy out of all of the iron bowls. I have never attended an iron bowl in Jordan Hare. I have been to four Iron Bowls, and every one of those have been in Tuscaloosa, and Auburn won all of those. You brave soul, you. Yes. So remember, you know, the the nine to nothing game. We literally walked in that stadium that morning. I think it, that was nine to nothing, I think, or maybe that was the two years after that. But it was the day I'll never forget. We walked into the stadium, and you could hear the sleet bouncing off of those bleachers. And um, so, yeah, every Iron Bowl I've attended has always been in Tuscaloosa. Why that is, I don't know. I'm kind of to the point now, you know, I went through that stage to where I love going to the big, big games at Auburn or, you know, to the Iron Bowl over there. But now it's more of, you know, I'll go down two, three, four times a year for football games, something like that. And it, it's mostly the, you know, the homecomings of the, of the schedule, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just, you know, there, there are like everyone else out there, there have been several of those games that you will just, you'll, you'll never forget. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that first one, I can remember that like yesterday. I mean, Vincent Harris from the four yard line playing fullback scored and really sealed the game. Um, you just, you know, you remember small things like that. Why? I don't know, but that's been several, several years ago now. I'm doing a little bit of investigative reporting here. What is Auburn's record when you attend the Iron Bowl in Tuscaloosa? How many of those did they win? Um, when I was going through that span, I want to say they won their four, first four or five over there. Okay. It sounds like you don't ever need to come to an Iron Bowl at Jordan-Hare Stadium, and you just need to keep going to the one in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah. I'm hearing here. <laughs> yeah, because at that time you always heard it called, you know, Bryant Denny was Jordan-Hare West at that time. Yep. Um, yeah, they they had some um, had a, had a string of of several good years there during the the Tuberville era. So, well, Greg, I and hate then, to break it to you. I'm going to forbid you to come now. I mean, I, I need you to be in, <laughs> I, I, but I need you to be in every one of the Tuscaloosa ones because it sounds like you are the lucky charm we need there. So that's your yeah. commission, sir. And then obviously everyone, you know, no one will ever forget if you were you know living during that time or whatever. But the the 1989 Iron Bowl. Mm. Everyone, I think, every Auburn fan will always remember. It's kind of like where you were, you know, the day Elvis died. You'll never forget where you were, where you watched the 1989 Iron Bowl the first time ever down there. So right. that was uh, probably the most special game to me and in my history watching Auburn football. Well, it wasn't the day that Elvis died. It was just the day that Bear Bryant's words died that they'd never play in Auburn. There you go. So it's just That's a- right. Different form of funeral, I guess, if you want to think about it that way. Um, But that's some great stories for football. I I love that you're bringing the Florida flavor here tonight. And obviously we talked about Florida State a lot, but the fact that you pointed out the uh, 2006, I believe it was, game, the first game with Tebow and all that and the block punt. I was there alongside you, so I was contributing to that. Or, or yeah. wait. So it's great yeah. to know that somebody else experienced that with me. I know there were 87,000 other people there That's with right. me, but nice to, nice to meet someone that was there and experiencing that in person. And it was absolutely incredible. Now, outside of football, any other big sporting events stick out to you? And it obviously can be modern times right now too, but just anything from outside of football that sticks out. Yeah, so we go to um, um, been to several basketball games. I guess the most memorable was defeating Alabama by 54 in Beardy's Memorial Coliseum. Uh, we we were sitting inside there that night for that ball game. We'll never forget that. Um, but really, the you know the the, the basketball games um, been to a, a, quite a few of those in the new arena. But again, you think back to what really with it being gone now or shut down, you know, those in Beardy's really sticks out back in the um, early nineties, even, you know, coach Ellis, when he was there, the, um, but yeah, I will never forget the um, Auburn Alabama game uh, when it was just everything worked that night. And they, it was like throwing the basketball in the ocean for Auburn. <laughs> It doesn't matter what sport or it can be checkers for all we care. If Alabama's involved, 
we will get hyped for it and be ready to just put it to them uh, and destroy their hopes and dreams. Uh, so I'm not surprised that that sticks out to you as well. Uh, how about this? You know, the, I call it the big three, football, basketball, baseball. Those are the ones that everybody thinks of in sports in general, but also for Auburn athletics. If you had to say like right now in your Auburn fandom, this outside of those three, what's the Auburn program that's really piqued your interest right now? Um, you know, right now I would say I probably followed Auburn softball. Uh, closer than any of the other ones. I mean, I will sit in, you know, I think what tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock, the soccer team plays, I believe. If I'm, if they're still playing when I get home, I'll tune into that. But prob- probably the, the Auburn softball program um, yeah. here over the last, you know, what, six, eight years. I uh, went for a long time and it was really just football and basketball, but it just seems the older I get. And I think I made the statement to you. Uh, you know, if Auburn came up with a marbles team, I would probably watch it. Right. The, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, probably softball. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that one because, you know, like you said, for a while there, it did feel like it was within the big three or even just big two yes. for a while there. But now yeah. I, what I try to remind Auburn fans of is you are living in a time based on the research that I've done, and that's only personal research, where you have got programs across the board that are not just competitive, but are highly competitive and meaning that they are in the hunt for not just sec championships but national championships uh quite often um so if you can't find a reason to be happy outside of auburn football and basketball i can give you several other reasons to do so and softball is definitely one of those uh, as well and you gotta you're making me think back to the we were so close to the mountaintop in softball and i remember sitting here uh, on a, a warm, I think it was like a June night, watching that uh, final game with Oklahoma in the Women's yep. College World Series. Uh, were you watching well. that one? Yeah, I was. Yep, remember it well. Oh, gosh, I'm so I'm getting disappointed now just talking about it. So we've got to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> we've talked a lot about uh, sports in general. Um, what about War Eagle moments? Have you had any great uh, of those in some odd places, or if, is there anything that sticks out to you from that? Uh, yes. And again, I, I think back to, <laughs> I think back to my Florida days when I lived down there. Um, you know, when, when those, those games were taking place and, you know, I, I want to say it was, it was either 1993 or 94. I think it was 93. Florida was number one in the nation. Um, if you recall those out there listening, if you recall anything about that game, Auburn was down big at halftime. I mean, it, it, we were like 24 to 7, 28 to 7, um, whatever that score was, but we were down big uh, and came back and won that game 38 um, 35, I think it was. Um, so during that time, there were um, neighbors that we had that were huge Florida fans. And then one of my best friends down there were. Florida fans so that was probably the two years that I was there my biggest war eagle moments and then after that after my friendship developed uh, with that guy down there he would come by the house a lot during the weekday afternoons and again this is one of those stories I'm telling on my crazy self but (laughs) I recall Kyle sitting down there and uh, so Tiger Talk comes on Thursday evenings right right uh, at that time, Tiger Talk came on at seven o'clock on every Thursday evening. Well, I lived in Panama City, Florida, the local radio networks, and there was no live streaming internet or anything at that time. Um, and I recall, and he would come by my house on Thursday evenings just to, I guess, watch me do this. Um, I could go out to my car in the driveway in Panama City, Florida, turn on an AM station out of Dothan, Alabama. And if the conditions were just right, I could hear Tiger Talk. And I would sit in my car in my driveway and listen to it for as long as those conditions were right. And when those conditions started to fade, I would crank my car and change positions of my car in my front yard to pick (laughs) it up again. And he, that was kind of the the running joke between he and I and, uh, you know, he would bring it up to everyone would go around. So that, that automatically brought out a, you, you just don't understand what, you know, what war Eagle means and with his go gators, et cetera. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's um crazy times. 
Now, are you sure you didn't go to Auburn? Because what I'm hearing is some straight up engineering <laughs> stuff right here. It, it and, is. Uh, yeah, it, it's a little overboard. I'm sure I look back on, on some of that stuff now, but, but no, man, I mean, I, you know, when I'm like, I'm no different than most out there. You, yeah. you love what you love. And when it means that much to you as you know, your what you do to pass time, the, um, I mean, you get up Saturday mornings. I did during that time frame, and um, it could be a Saturday night ball game. And you know, if you were to ask my nerves or my stomach at eight o'clock on Saturday morning, it wasn't any different than I guess felt like you were actually the one playing in the ball game. I mean, I wouldn't eat breakfast. I wouldn't eat lunch. It was, uh, <laughs> it, yeah, it was a uh, pretty crazy. Probably overboard a lot, but you know what? That's what makes Auburn football special. I think we all go to a point in our life where it's, sure we, we go we, we go a little overboard with it, and then we kind of come back to a place of putting it in its place where it's still just as special, but we're able yep. to kind of focus in right. on what really matters in life. And then again, and that continues to make it even more special because it's that, that unique thing that we can go back to and have a camaraderie with, with anyone wearing the origin blue, whether it's, you know, over in Europe or right here somewhere in Birmingham, Alabama, where you are, or in the outskirts of Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, there's just something special about that feeling there. And, you know, we've talked a lot about sports too, but there's a lot of other things to be proud of for um, the university as well. And, you know, we've got a lot of prominent uh, programs that we have at the university. And I'm sure you know about and heard of many of them. What's the one that sticks out to you most and the one that you get most proud about uh, coming out of Auburn? Absolutely. So a very recent one. Uh, comes to mind. So me working in the home health care industry, as I said at the beginning of the show, uh, we, we deal a lot with patients who have sleep apnea. And uh, a lot of listeners are probably familiar with a CPAP machine you wear at nighttime, right? Mm -hmm. So when, when the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, when the outbreak occurred, the CPAP and home ventilators were a big problem as far as having access to enough of those, not only within hospitals, but the fear was even for home care patients. And the story broke one morning that there were a couple of engineers at Auburn University who had taken a CPAP machine, which is basically just a positive pressure device. And they had converted a CPAP machine to a home ventilator. And that occurred at Auburn. And that went rapid across our industry uh, that, that tied Auburn University to this major, um, you know, finding that these guys did with a, with a positive pressure device into what at that time everyone thought was going to be a huge need as a result of shortage on home ventilators. I mean, you hear the president talking today about, you know, how many ventilators they had made. Well, that was a big problem and we lived it every day. Um, but I, you know, I, I remember that morning and just, again, couldn't be more proud to see Auburn University come across at a time such as that when the need was so great that, I mean, in a matter of weeks um, that had been developed and thankfully uh, it never had to go down that path as far as the need for it. Everything was, was, it was under control, you know, a couple of months down the road. But still yet, the technology had been generated out of Auburn University to make this happen. Guys, we have a fix for this. And that's where it started. So things like that. I mean, you think of, you know, people here at Auburn and, and you hear, and it is, you know, uh, agricultural and things of this nature. But just a lot of things that I see out of the healthcare industry that's tied to Auburn universities. Just, it, it's amazing. So um, yeah, and that was probably March or April, probably early April call when that occurred. Mm -hmm. And um, it, they were on the threshold of something really, really big that these were devices that we were having to buy internationally. And for this concept to come out down there and this technology to come out, that you could take these devices that are made here in the United States and get the need of life-saving pieces of equipment out of it was just phenomenal. 
Yeah, it's, it was a incredible story. I do remember now that you mentioned that that one coming out and just fills you with a sense of pride anytime you see sure. uh, your family being represented by, we'll say, you know, Apple will think of that. We'll think of an acting Octavia Spencer. But when something that is such a widespread worldwide need that is potentially being met by people that you call your interconnected family, not your immediate family, but just the Auburn family. Yeah. That just fills you with a sense of pride. So that I, I think it fits in well with your line of work. And so I think that's, we all have those things that we stick out to us, whether it's the sport thing, but it, it kind of connects back to us and the things that we love about our university. And so I think that's a great thing that you brought up there and fills me with even more pride just sitting here right now. So we've talked a lot about sports, talked a lot about, uh, you know, the university itself and your Auburn experiences. Could you try really briefly if you were going to explain to someone, I keep, so just imagine some fan from somewhere says this Auburn family thing. What do y'all mean by that? So that just sounds generic. It sounds cliche. Try to define the Auburn family. If I was one of those fans right now. So the Auburn family um, in order to me, and, and I do say this quite, quite a bit jokingly, uh, especially with, you know, friends or Alabama fans or whatever, I think in order to really get a feel of what that means, you have to experience game day, number one, down at Auburn. Um, when you walk on that campus, it's just it's just different. And, you know, as a matter of fact, that question has been asked before. What does this whole Auburn family, you know, you hear about whatever, the Bama Nation or whatever. And <laughs> family's different than nation because it truly is It's that. Walmart Nation. That's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> You know, to, to truly to to have a, a, a family with my own personal family here at home, you recognize that it's something special, just as with you, Kyle, and your family. You recognize that there's something within your family that's just special and there's nothing like it. And in order to recognize that, you have to experience it. And I kind of view that the same way with the Auburn family. When you when you get around that group, particularly on campus, and you you can just sense it's something different. I don't, I, and to this day, I still can't tell you what that is. It's mm-hmm. just different uh, when you step on campus down there. And I think that's truly where the Auburn family comes in because to you, family is everything. And family has each other's back. And even during hard times, even through the trials, family will always be there mm-hmm. and you always have family that you can turn back to and know that they will never let you down. Uh, and you've got that to lean on. Um, so yeah, I guess that's the way I would answer that is, is you have to experience it and be a part of it to understand it. Well, you said you didn't know how to define it, but I think you did a beautiful job there. Uh, so I commend you for putting that into uh words that I've not been able to form myself. So I think that's something that you've probably put a lot of time and thought into, and you can tell it really resonates with you. So I appreciate your candidness with that. Sure. All right. Well, let's move into one of my favorite segments and what will round out our discussion of your Auburn story tonight. And this will help us really get into some really important, deep discussions about Auburn stuff with you. And I say that kind of comically, but okay. this is really fun. This is rapid fire uh, questions at the end. There'll be 12 questions for you. uh, And I call them maybe not so rapid fire, rapid fire. You can give me a short answer and explanation if you feel like you need to. Most people, for some reason, feel like they need to explain themselves. Uh, But they're meant to be fun, kind of this or that questions. And I'm really interested to hear your responses. So we can start that if you're ready. Ready. All right. Question number one, orange or blue? Orange. Any particular reason why? Stands out, man. You want to be different. Yeah, it's it's always interesting to me. Some people say or, not orange because I don't want to stand out, <laughs> but you're saying orange <laughs> because I do want to stand out. Hey, as long as you got a reason, I'm not going to fault you for it. Show that AU. Question number two, Aubie or War Eagle? War Eagle. And now I will add you to the list of the people that are in danger of the minions of Aubie, and they do exist. I can admit that. <laughs> so I'm sorry, you're uh, you're on his list now, and I, there's nothing I can do to help you, Greg. <laughs> All right. Question three, what's your favorite part of the fight song? Ever to conquer. And you're not pandering at all to that, are you? That's a good answer, right, Kyle? <laughs> hey, if it's your favorite, I'll take it. But, uh, you know, it's a little, little flattery going on here. 
But believe it or not, Greg, there are still people that don't uh, get what E2C stands for. Sure. And uh, I, I'm happy that you recognize that. Um, but, you know, and that's a little bit of a fault of mine when we came up with it. I was like, oh, that sounds so cool. But are people really going to know? And I think sometimes people get it, sometimes they don't. Yeah. But uh, yeah, ever no, to conquer. Really ever to conquer, never to yield. Absolutely, my favorite. That is part. a great line. Uh, question number four Your favorite Auburn athletics program of all time? Football. Football. Obvious answer there, but one that is hard to break away from. And sure. You've got to be really into the other ones because there's a lot of history with that football. Question five, your favorite Auburn athlete? Bo Jackson. You have a favorite um, Bo Jackson play that you'll always remember during his, well, in any sport. Is there one that you'll just remember? Well, the, the obvious um, Bo over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will just give you quickly, if I may, a secondary to that. And sure. I would be absolutely shocked if anyone ever said this. Um, my probably my second favorite player, other than Bo, just because he's Bo, um, is Love Cam Newton, um, Love Terry Bees, the Pat Sullivan, all those. Brandon Cox. Wow, we have not had Brandon Cox as a as a at least an honorable mention. Even yeah. that's Brandon that's an Cox, interesting. Um, yeah, no doubt the kid had more heart than. Um, or as much heart as anyone I've ever seen wear the uniform down there. And he went through some tough times. And, uh, but yeah, Brandon Cox, love the kid. You know, what I find a parallel with Brandon Cox, I see with Jason Campbell. You know, there were some frustrating times uh, for him and for some Auburn fans. I was not one of them. I was always a Jason Campbell fan. But as time has gone on, he is more and more beloved. And I, I think we're kind of moving to that period for Brandon Cox as well, where we're really recognizing, wow he gave us some stability in a time where we were coming off of one of our greatest periods ever for that 2014. So I think that's a a great mention there. Someone that is due some respect and I'm glad that you see that in him. And being a Southpaw and undefeated against that other school. Hey, that's a good, I didn't even think of those reasons. That's the good ones right there. All right. Question uh, six, your favorite Auburn coach. Ooh, um, (laughs) I'm going to get some posts on this, I'm sure, when they realize who I am. But it is um, – obviously, Pat Dye is my favorite coach, but I am a huge Gus Malzahn supporter. Mm. I, I, huge, I don't think I you'll get many posts on this end, though. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huge Gus Malzahn fan. The, um, and, you know, just real quickly, the, the, the reason for that, I do not pe- – I don't think people understand – uh, maybe they haven't thought about, I shouldn't say understand. Maybe they haven't thought about if you go through and look at Gus Malzahn's record at Auburn as head football coach and look at his opponents and the ranking of their, of those opponents right, while right. he has been at Auburn, you would have a totally different outlook. And it was 1957. This guy shows up in 2010 as offensive coordinator. I know it was Cam Newton. I get it. But Gus Malzahn shows up in 2010. We win a national title. Gus Malzahn leaves. Gus Malzahn comes back. 2013, we're playing for another one. Mm-hmm. It's been 1957. Right. So, anyway, I'll get off on a tangent on that. I don't need to. Huge <laughs> Gus Malzahn supporter. Hey, we're, we're fans of tangents here. You know, I, I get on many of them on our podcast, so I'm, I'm never going to fault anybody for a tangent. I, I do think it's a great explanation uh, for why there are so many of us that, that – wholeheartedly support Gus. Um, and I, I do think we talked a lot recently on a recent podcast about realities versus emotions. And I'm a big fat, uh, a fan of that. It's easy to say these things when you're in the emotions of the situation, but if you really take a, a big picture look at context, uh, then you'll really see maybe the grass isn't greener in this. And we're saying this now, someone may be listening to this off in the future Maybe Gus has already left us and things like that. But sure. I think time yeah. will show, as you said, that it will. Uh, Gus need, needed to be more appreciated and may not have been as appreciated as he should have been during his time here. Agreed. Uh, only time will tell, though. So that's a great pick. Uh, question seven, your favorite Auburn non-athletics person or celebrity? So just a little clarification. This can be a celebrity. This can be a friend, a family member. But when you think of Auburn outside of sports, you think of this person. Um, again, Kyle, I'm going to go back and this may defy your question, but I'm going to go back to my oldest brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I would count it. That's, that's what I would go back to when, I mean, again, he passed in 2013. 
Uh, fortunately, he was able to experience the 2010 National Championship, and he was just one of those that it didn't matter who Auburn was playing. It didn't matter what the records were. You could not convince him they were not going to blow everybody out that they played. <laughs> the, uh, but, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. when I if, if I think outside of athletics, outside of player, and I think about Auburn, I think of my brother. It's an excellent choice for you, and especially what, what you shared with us at the beginning of this, uh, I'm not surprised that you picked that one. Uh, question eight, your favorite Auburn building? Sanford Hall. Sanford Hall. Is there any particular reason why you love that majestic building so much as I talk it, it up? <laughs> you just, you, you know it when you see it. You know what it stands for. And it's, it's just that when you think of or when you picture Auburn in your mind, to me, that's what you see. Yeah. Sanford Hall. Uh, particularly at nighttime when it's lit up, and then the Auburn University signage out front, uh, the brick, it's just uh, it's the epitome of Auburn. It is uh, so, it encompasses everything and uh, so many few things as well. Like it's just the all encompassing thing of Auburn, and it's part of the reason why you see it on so many uh, flyers and things of that nature when it comes to Auburn advertising. It's the reason it's the, it's the big thing that they focus on two things when they show overhead shots of Auburn. They show the stadium, obviously. They show Sanford Hall as well and how pretty it is. There. it is. It is It is. us. It is all of us. Question, let's see where we're at. Question nine, your favorite Auburn place to eat? Mama Goldberg's. Mama Goldberg's. It doesn't get any better than your mama's love. What's your favorite thing to eat there? The ham and cheese sub, actually. I'm kind of a, a basic guy. And to be honest with you, that's the only thing I've ever had there. And But again, to me, a trip to Auburn on game day is just not complete unless I do that. I spent many days after class and there in when it wasn't packed at all. And just in, okay, yeah. let's have it. Where, where's your, is it the, is it the original that you have to eat at? Is it uh, the former, I forget where it was, but there, there are several locations for Mama Goldberg's. Is there a favorite one for you? The one right there off of campus. Um, right off of campus. Uh, so that would, yeah. So that would be the original right the there. Original. And right. See if you agree with me here. It sounds gross, but there's something about that musty old building that just oh, yeah. makes makes it taste better. Am I right? That's you're exactly right. Like, uh, I've been I've been to another one down there just outside of town, and it's just not, it's nothing against them. It was great food, but it's just it's not the same. My trip wasn't complete that time, Kyle. <laughs> you have to go stand in that you know rickety old building, smash together to when COVID 19s over, or else it is not. That's right. Mama Goldberg's experience. It is, I have to. All right, we got a few more left here. Uh, question 10, your favorite Auburn tradition? And it can be sports and non-sports, a personal one for you, but your favorite Auburn tradition? Rolling tumors. And do you have a favorite game where uh, you, after for rolling tumors that you remember? Uh, again, I will never forget the Auburn-Florida game that night. Mm. Um, we were late getting up there, obviously. Um, because of the crowd and just the excitement after that game but uh just to be able to walk up there and we did a little bit of, of, of rolling of tumors but just to stand there in the middle of that that night um I'll I'll never forget that and we um you know we do some rolling around here on some big victories too it always looks pretty in your own yard too I'm sure your neighbors are like uh what is this but <laughs> yeah. uh <laughs> yeah somebody yeah. check on me the Auburn fans are at it again, but hey, uh, they can talk all they want. They're not the ones celebrating. Um, question eleven: uh, Your favorite Auburn memory? Any the, the, when you think of Auburn, this memory comes to mind. Um, yeah, again, I would have to go back to my first ball game that I attended. Uh, that first time experience of, of of actually seeing the campus, spending the day on the campus. Um, all of these, you know, growing up as a child, these, what I called during that time, you know, when you're eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, and you hear all of these, your radio heroes, your sports heroes, and then to sit there that day in the stands and literally see Coach Dye walking the sidelines and uh, my favorite memory, I'll never forget it. That's a great one. And your final question, describe Auburn to me in one word. Family. And if I had to push you to do something of it, so if I took family off the table, what would be the other word? Uh, I would have to say unique. Unique. And we use that phrase a lot, uniquely Auburn. Only Auburn, uniquely Auburn. 
Uh, it's not one we've had shared here yet, but I think especially uh, with some of the things that you shared here tonight, that that's a great word in addition to family. We always think of that word, uh, but yeah. the Auburn family yeah. is unique. And again, it's just, it's just, as I said earlier, it's just, it's just different. It is just, just different. Yeah. And we would not pick anything else uh, in our oh, lives. Yeah. And uh, we are so happy that uh, you are a part of this Auburn family and so happy that we get to share each and every game day with you, win or lose. And we get to share other memories, War Eagle moments, wherever that might be in Panama City, Florida, Birmingham, or even in the loveliest village on the plains. Greg, it has been a great to sit down with you and get to know you as a member of the Auburn family. And I really appreciate you being here to share that with us. Kyle, I appreciate the opportunity. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and look, I'll say this, and you did not ask me to do this, but I, I am going to throw this out there. If you are a big time Auburn fan of all sports, not just football, maybe it is just football. I came across E2C Network. Um, and really, I mean, I've gone back and listened to many, many podcasts and the post, and um, there's several out there. There's some great ones out there. But if if you come across this podcast and you haven't checked out what these guys are doing, please do so. You will not regret it. Uh, the covering of all sports and the view that they take on football, basketball, equestrian, whatever, is just um, it's different. So I urge you guys to do that if you have not done so. I appreciate that, sir, and uh, did not have to do that. And I, I appreciate uh, your recommendation, and that comes on a very high note there. So I, that really means a lot to me. Uh, but again, thank you so much for being here. I hope you all listening enjoy getting to know Greg as a member of your Auburn family, and we're looking forward to many more stories being told here on Auburn Roots in the future. Until we talk to you again, War Eagle. <laughs>